0: good to see you today thank you for being here my name is Andy and it is my privilege to be able to talk to you from the word of the Lord today over the last several weeks months we have been moving through the New Testament so we've been walking through Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and now we're in the book of Acts so if you have a Bible I would love for you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2. What we've been doing is we've been reading five chapters a week. This week we'll start in Acts 2 and read through Acts 6. Last week we finished up the Gospel of John, and as we were looking through the Gospel of John Lovely teachings, beautiful passages, John being the author that wrote the latest gospel, right? But last week I dialed into Acts chapter 1. Call it my Pentecostal roots, I don't know. But I'm dialing into Acts chapter 1 because there was a promise. There was a promise, and the promise was, you're about to get something. Like they had questions. Jesus didn't answer the question with an answer of words. He answered the question with a, you're going to receive power. Now, as we talk through all of that, who in the world knew what that meant? Where was the precedent in that? So, what's super exciting about today is that we're going to be able to walk through two, three, four, five, and six. We're going to look at these five chapters, which are this little window, this little bubble of how the Holy Spirit showed up, right? And I don't know if anybody could have, if you compiled a team of people to guess what would happen, I'm not sure that they could have figured this out. So when we're looking at Acts chapter one and he says, it's not yours to know, but you're going to receive something from the father. This promise, so go and wait. And we talked about tarrying, not a word that we use often, but we talked about tarrying being expectation. To abide with expectation. So I think it's completely appropriate for us to come to a gathering of people, a church, a prayer gathering. I'm involved in something in a few weeks around Father's Day. It's a week-long event of preaching services, And I'm preaching with about 10 other people to show up for something like that and expect something. To be able to open your Bible and expect something. To be able to go to a space where you're talking to Jesus and expect something. The question last week was, what do you expect? Well, here we go. Here We're going to find out what happened. So in Acts chapter 2. Now, when the day of Pentecost. Right? In Pentecost is actually a holiday, Penta, right? Five, Pentagon, those kinds of things. Fifty days after Passover. That was the, that was the connection. Right? So this, this holiday was happening regardless. It had been happening a while. So you have Passover where Jesus gives his life. Fifty days later, a lot of symbology, a lot of cool things to understand there. Fifty days later, it's the birthday of the church. Acts chapter 2 is considered the birthday of the New Testament church. And the scripture tells us that this Jerusalem, this church, is the mother of us all. So what an interesting thing to tie in today, being Mother's Day, that we can celebrate the church being the mother of us all. In Acts chapter 2, they're in this room, if I did the math correctly, Jesus being in the grave for three days, was seen of men for 40 days, and it's a 50-day window, then very likely there was a seven-day window where these folks were in this room. It was probably Mark's house. Don't know. I don't even know if it matters. But they were in this room for several days, if not up to a week, praying, I don't know, what would we be doing? Probably going, What do you think is going to happen? And eating. Yes, that's exactly right. (laughs) We'd be eating and like, what in the world do you think is going to happen? That's the expectation piece. Now here's the gift that we have. You ready for this? It happened for them and we're able to reference it. Two things. One, it can inspire us. Two, it can actually limit us. One, it can inspire us. Wow, that happened? That could happen for me, too. Inspire us. Number two, it could limit us. Oh, that can't happen for me. Again, what are we expecting? So they're in this room, and I would have enjoyed being there, I think. All of a sudden, they hear a sound. It's a sound like a rushing wind. I've lived on the coast. I've had the privilege to live on the ocean coast several times through the years, And that wind, that howling wind, I've been up on mountains, I like to hike, I've been up high on mountains, and you hear that howling wind. Midwest, there are some places it just, it's just windy all the time, that's just all it is. We were over at Emma's graduation, uh, just around Greenwood and Franklin, and I don't know if the wind ever stopped, like it was just, we're just carrying stuff out, dropping things, because the wind's blowing. Was it a roar? It says it was a rush. Wind, sound. And then there was something about fire, the King James version that I'm using today, my mama's Bible. It says cloven tongues. No idea what that means. I've seen a lot of pictures, caricatures. I don't know. Maybe it spread like fire. I'm good with that. <laughs> right? Whatever. Doesn't matter to me. Something happened. They also began to speak in languages that they didn't know. Now, a lot of times we call it speaking in tongues, which I think is kind of a disservice to it. It, it kind of takes away... What was really going on? Like they were speaking in languages they didn't know. And so there's this huge feast in Jerusalem. Like it's the Mardi Gras, right? I mean, everybody's there. It's a big celebration. And so people from all over, and the scripture lists them. Tons of, tons of different areas and regions and people that were there, people groups that were there. And so what happens is they receive the Holy Spirit... There's this wind, the sound of wind. There's this fire thing. They're speaking in languages they don't know, declaring the glory of God. They roll out into the street, and it's such a raucous, wild, crazy hoo-yah that they basically think they're drunk. These old boys are drunk. There's nothing to this. They're drunk. Now, let me tell you something. I've been drunk. It didn't give me the gift of languages. Okay? I, like, and I think that's some of the point here. Somehow, we take what's happening and we slot it. And we don't believe in it. That's the point today. I want that to get across today. I want it to challenge you. I want it to provoke you. I wanted to encourage you just because you're drunk doesn't mean that you speak a different language. Yet you hear them all speaking these languages and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's what's probably going on. I don't have a shelf for that. So let's say they're drunk because they're acting drunk. I'll give you that. But then we dismiss, hear my heart, we dismiss the whole thing. Everything, like, that's not, they're just drunk. And go along with the party. When, here's the deal, far more is going on. Now, I was raised that if you didn't have that experience with tongues being the sign of the Holy Ghost, you weren't even saved Salvation comes by grace through faith in who Jesus is. This is not a salvation issue that I'm talking about today. I'm talking to you about the power of the Spirit working. And when we just dismiss it, the ones that suffer are ourselves and the ones around us. This isn't like, well, I guess you're not going to heaven. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the quality of a walk with God because of the power of the Spirit now the now power of the spirit the power of the spirit where i realize you know what i need god and i believe his spirit is with us and i believe we can do something about this now and what was so interesting is they just slotted it right so it's really weird and he gets a crowd together and peter starts preaching you're going to read that tomorrow peter starts preaching everybody talks to them about jesus christ And he says, you know what? This is the deal. You crucified him, fellas. And he's like, And they're like, man, oh, man. It says they were convicted in their heart. And they're like, what are we supposed to do? And he says, well, you need to turn. And you need to be baptized. And you need to receive the Spirit, just like what just happened with us. You need to receive that. And then he goes on with this beautiful thing. He says, because this isn't a one-time dance. This is the birth of it all. The promise is to you. And to who else? Your children, and who else? All that are far. Like, this is the epicenter. Jerusalem, Pentecost, that particular day, epicenter of it all. It's the pebble dropped from heaven into the pond, and here come the rings. Like, that's what's going on there. Right? And they exposed that to everyone. 3,000 people said yes. 3,000 people. In that moment, 120 in the upper room, right? 3,000 people captured by that. That's Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John go to the temple to pray, which is very interesting because I thought the temple was over. Well, Jesus did say the temple stuff is over. Well, did they do something wrong? Now, that's the tension of things that as you can read and look at, and just read it. Just read it. Just set in it. Let it hit you. Let it encourage you. Did they need to go to the temple at 3 o'clock to pray? Should we have coffee later and discuss that? I, well, like, was that a, a, a deal breaker if they didn't? It? It's what they had done, it's what they did. That's okay. God works with us in our habits. He works with us in our patterns. He reveals things to us. He lets us stay in our patterns and our habits that frankly may not even be necessary. We don't do everything right. We don't have everything right. And it doesn't mean that there's not some things that we're doing that are just not necessary if even wrong. But we get very in the weeds on those particular things and miss the work of the Spirit. Like the Spirit is released from this moment forward. And so that promise in Acts 1, the promise, we're starting to see it. Frankly, I'm sad, saddened, slightly troubled that folks get so hung up on Acts 1, chapter 2, 1 through 4, that they miss the rest. I don't really know what cloven tongues are. Well, join the club, man. I don't either. Well, I don't understand that about this. Okay, you're now qualified, apparently qualified to pastor this church because you don't know either. I don't know. But I believe, I believe his spirit was released. Why 50 days? Why Pentecost? I don't know any of that. Does it matter? I don't know. Interesting for jeopardy is basically how I think about that. Interesting for that. But as far as practicality, what I do know is he's released. Do I understand everything about Jesus? No way. No. I do know my life was changed. I know that. That's what I'm hanging in for. That's what I'm trusting. And the rest of it can unfold. I don't want to get hung up on something and miss the work, get so dialed into the scripture. Let me tell you something. I love this Bible. I don't even just mean Bible. I mean this one. It's in my office, and right next to it is my daddy's Bible. I touch them sometimes when I walk by. This is heritage for me. It matters to me. I believe differently than my mother. There are things in here I was flipping through a minute ago, flipping through. She highlighted things. I'm like, that used to be a thing for me. It's not now. And I love this word. And it means something to me. I value it. But Jesus told the Pharisees, you spent so much time looking at the scripture that you missed me. And I'm not interested in any of us missing what God is doing. The spirit that God is pouring out and is available for us. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John go to the temple to pray. And there's this guy, it's three in the afternoon. It's kind of funny because like in these stories, they like tell you the time. Like it was nine o'clock in the morning when they all poured out and they're like, they're drunk. He's like, it's only nine, man. Nobody gets drunk by nine. You know, some of us would argue, but generally they're like, nobody gets drunk by nine. That can't be that. And then at three o'clock they go to the temple to pray and the man is set there. It's kind of like we, we lived up in uh, New England. We'd go to Red Sox games, and the streets would be empty, you know, and then right about game time, a couple hours before, people would be sitting out, playing stuff, buckets out, things like that, you know. They, were, they knew the traffic was moving, so 3 o'clock, you knew the traffic was happening. So it's a, it's a marketing thing. You're, there you are. You're right there. He says, can I have alms? Can I have money? Can you help me in some way? Asking, putting his need out there. This is the power of the Spirit that I don't want us to miss. He said, here, I'll take this little tray, like, here you go. Can you help me? Can you give me some money? Can you give me something, right? Peter says, truthfully, and maybe I'll get an amen on that. I don't have any money. I I don't have any money. I know that's what you want. Ready for this? I know that's what you think you need. I don't have any money. And if you're one of those people that said, those guys are drunk, there's nothing to that. What you say is, I don't have any money, and you keep walking. But when you've become a person that believes the power of God is released, then Peter walks up and says, I don't have any money, however. And I think the Holy Spirit is a however, right? I know this is what's going on, totally get it. Understand that situation, however. How many times has the Holy Spirit done a little however thing for you, huh? You thought something was going a particular way, and you thought you were stuck here, and you thought that's how the game was gonna play out. However, God showed up. The Holy Spirit came into the spot. It may have been your faith, the faith of another, that says the man looked on them expecting to receive something. Well, he did. And you're going to get to read about that. He said, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give you. And frankly, that's the truth, right? That's the bottom line reality of the power of a church. You can only give what you have to give. You can't give what you don't have. That's it. And that's the idea of the spirit among us working through us. And I'd love to kind of dial you in over these next five days as you read and recognize that you're going to hear over and over. You're going to hear a couple of different things. And we actually sang about them already this morning. You're going to hear by the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to hear that. Well, you're going to read it as you read through there by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what else you're going to hear? And at the name of Jesus, you're going to hear that. You're going to hear by the power of the Holy Spirit and you're going to hear at the name of Jesus. And they're going to say it and they're going to repeat it and it's going to come up again and again and again and I'd love for you to highlight it. When you're reading through and they say the power of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit came upon or just underline those. Or as you're reading and it says but at the name of Jesus, you read those again and again. There's something there. The question last week in Acts chapter 1 of what in the world's going on is getting answered. So they reach down, pick this man up, he is healed, and now the show starts. In Acts chapter 3, he is healed, gets up, walks, jumps around, hugs him. One one part said he was clinging to Peter, just held on to Peter. Peter looks at them, and you'll read this, Peter looks at them and he says, that wasn't us. That wasn't me. Isn't it helpful to know who it is and who it isn't? And I know in our American culture, sometimes that feels like a weakness to know that I actually can't do anything here. Surrender is not an American value, my friends. I trained with Marines. I was a naval officer. I I served. I, I know. Surrender is not inbred in us as a value. This is not our country. <laughs> like this is our kingdom. And sometimes it's hard. It's hard to make these transferences, to make these transitions. To recognize I need to surrender and the strongest that I am is when I bow my knee. The strongest that I am is when I surrender. The greatest among you will be servant of all those are counterintuitive and particularly particularly for me maybe I'm just projecting as an American to most of you probably Americans but that's counterintuitive and we have to unravel that a little bit and recognize it is not me but the power of the spirit that moves through in with me and recognition of that by the way is not that we're just, I back out and say, it's all you, Lord. It's all you. That's tough. It's a true challenge. So they see this guy healed. And then you get into Acts chapter 4, which we are going to read quite a bit of this morning. And they start getting grilled. I mean, grilled by the the religious council. And then in 5... You're going to get this work of the Spirit, which is pretty weird. You see, at the end of four, they had all things in common. We're going to read about that. They were sharing and giving and loving each other. And people would sell land and just give it so others could, we in need, could be cared for. And they, you know, if they had cars or camels or whatever they had, like they sell that and they, they, they just give it a bundle, no problem. But in the new church, this is such a great visual of the true new church. Ananias and Sapphira sold some land and gave it to the church, except they didn't give it all, but they said they did. Right? We sold our land for $100,000, 10 acres, $10,000 apiece, $100,000. We sold the land. Here, here's the hundred thousand. Except they sold it for fifteen thousand a piece. And they kept fifty thousand dollars. The story gets interesting. I was walking Baylor yesterday morning and I was super excited. I thought, man, this is so fun. I feel like a shepherd that gets to like help people that may not have ever read Acts 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. To see what the Holy Spirit does. In Acts 3, this old boy was over 40 years old. Had been laid there every single day. Gets healed. Leaping, running, walking, healed, delivered. A couple chapters later, somebody says they gave all the money. And the Holy Spirit takes their life on the spot. Like, on the spot. Hey, now. i <laughs> in that part. Peter comes up to Ananias, and he says, I gave this money. And he just looks at him. He said, bro, how is it that you are so gutsy to lie to the spirit? Man, like perplexed. How is, there wasn't any conversation. It wasn't like, well, let's discuss this a little bit and we'll corroborate stories. He walked up and he said, how is it that you lie to the Holy Spirit? And the old boy fell dead. Young guys wrap him up, take him outside. They're still doing business. His wife comes in later. Peter says, did you sell this land for this amount? And She says, well, yes, we did. He's like, Unbelievable. He said, the men that took your husband out are coming for you. Boom. Dead. (laughs) The chapter does end by saying, everyone feared God. (laughs) The chapter does end with that little editorial. And a great respect of God filled the camp. I'm not interested in people dropping dead in front of the church. I am interested in all of us having that reverence for the Holy Spirit. A reverence that recognizes that Holy Spirit knows. That saying there's only one fool in the room and it's usually me, right? I think I'm duping everybody else. Holy Spirit knows. And you can take that as guilt and weight and shame and try to hide and cover as they did in the very first story of the scripture. Does that sound familiar? The very first story of Adam and Eve and the the fruit and the serpent and what do they do when they mess up? They hide. And you can try to live that way, but you're ready? You've heard me say this before. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to. I can, I can come to a realization right now from reading about Ananias and Sapphira, recognizing Holy Spirit knows exactly what's going on. Knows exactly, right now, real time, exactly, right now, real time, exactly what's going on here in the Ukraine and everywhere else. Knows exactly. I can take that as nervous. Let me tell you how I take it. All right, well, if you know everything, then here I am. I'm coming to you for help, because you know things I don't yet know. You know things about me I don't even realize. Doesn't the scripture tell us that the heart is deceitful? Who can know it? I don't even know my own heart. But the word of God, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder soul and spirit, joint and marrow, listen, and is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. Word of God know. You can run from it, or you can run to it. You can just say they were drunk and walk away, or you can embrace it. The embracing of it, without being able to figure it out, or do a PowerPoint presentation on it, will make the difference. Frankly, that's what I say. I'm like, I'm not able currently to do a PowerPoint presentation on that, (laughs) but I believe. Olivia, I promised we'd read Acts chapter 4, so throw her up there. Listen to this. As they spake unto the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, the Sadducees, they came upon them, this is Peter and John, right after healing this guy, verse 2, being grieved, they taught the people and preached through Jesus, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. They were preaching Jesus is alive. They were preaching Jesus has all power in heaven and earth. That's what they were preaching. That's what we talked about last week. The question is going to be this. Okay, I believe Jesus is alive. I believe Jesus has all power in heaven and earth. May I add, and do you believe he can work through you? That's the whole shooting match, right? Not just is he all that. But can he actually work through me? Verse 3. They laid hands on them. These are the bad guys to the good guys. Laid hands on them, put them in hold unto the next day. It was eventide. When's the last time you used the word eventide? Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. The number of the men now was 5,000. It came to pass on the morrow, tomorrow, that their rulers and elders and scribes Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John Alexander and as many as were the kindred of the high priest they were gathered together and when they set them in the midst they asked them so here's the deal this is the question this is the question all that we've been talking about so far here's the question by what power or by what name have you done this that's the question that's the question about the promise by what power by what name have you done this? And here's the answer. Peter, remember I wanted you to highlight stuff, right? Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, you rulers of the people, elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he's made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel. Here we go. Time to underline. That at the name of, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, God raised from the dead, even him, by him, by, by him, does this man stand before you whole. He is the stone which was set at naught of the builders. He's now become the head of the corner. And this passage that many of us know, verse 12, You see, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Jesus is a big deal. Holy Spirit working among us is a big deal. And this is cool. I have to read this part. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and don't we know that prayer and Holy Ghost brings boldness. They saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. I have gotten strength out of this verse for years. No kidding, I find myself in situations and I'm like, I am the dumbest fella in the room. I do. it, It comes to my mind. I'm like, I am out of my league here. Man to man, person to person, I'm out of my league. Degree, education, whatever, experience, size of a company you've run, all those kinds of things. I'm like, I am ignorant and unlearned, and for me, you could throw in stupid in there every once in a while. Ignorant and unlearned and in my own way, but they marvel. They take knowledge of them that they'd been with Jesus. It's that connection with Christ. It's that blue banner. It's the foundation of it all. It's being connected To Jesus. And beholding the man. Now here we go. Beholding the man. Arnick come on up buddy. And and whoever's coming with you. Arnick and friends. Beholding the man which was healed standing with them. Now check this out. Remember this? They could say nothing against it. They beheld the man that was healed. They knew who he was. There wasn't any. Like press secretary spin on the whole thing. They knew who the guy was. They could say nothing against it. When they commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred. Now listen to what they said. I wonder if this is what we say. What shall we do to these men? Now read this with me. For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to them that dwell in Jerusalem. And you ready for this? Just hold that slide. It's beautiful that that's the only words up there. We cannot deny it. Something, leave that up there, Liv. Something has been done. They say it's through the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. And we cannot deny it. Now, what should you do when you are faced with something that you cannot deny? Like? someone all of a sudden speaking in your language. You're like, that's weird. Mm, You must be drunk. Move on. When you see the power of God in someone's life, when you see a change, this man, invalid, impotent, and now rising and walking and running, but there are stories in this room just as powerful. Hey, Tyler. Just as powerful. Clearly just as powerful. Okay. When you see these stories, what are you going to do with them? Of all five chapters, this is what brought me and arrested me. A notable miracle has been done. It's manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so it spread no further and there's where we are let's threaten them speak henceforth to no man in his name and this is where it goes verse 19 they commanded them not to speak or teach in the name of Jesus Peter says whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God you judge we can't speak but the things which we've seen and heard And when they further threatened him, they let him go. And we read on down, and you'll read through there that they had power. They gave witness of the resurrection. Verse 31, I'll close with this. You see, in verse 31, they were released. They got together with their friends. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They spake the word of God with boldness. Boldness is a sign. The multitude of them that believed. The believers were what? Can we read it together? Of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed were his own. They had all things in common. And verse 33, as a result, with great power. Gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Great grace was upon them all, and neither was there any among them that lacked. That's the deal, right? That by the power of the Spirit, by the name of Jesus, when things happen and we don't have a shelf for them, we're all given a similar example, a similar opportunity. And we could try to figure it out. And let me just tell you something. If you can figure it out, it's probably not a miracle. I need to figure that miracle out. It's the Holy Ghost. I just heard this old song. Uh Uh-uh. Do you know this? I remember as a kid. It's the Holy Ghost and the fire. Burning flame keeps the prayer wheel turning. You're feeling it, aren't you, sister? The kind of religion you cannot conceal Makes you move, makes you shout, makes you cry out It's real, I got my hand I don't even know what the winding chain is, but I love it In the winding chain, soul's been anchored in by Jesus' name Filled within, free from sin I've been born again You got to have the Holy Ghost Man, we would rock the room and the fire Uh. Before have time. You got to have the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And the power of the name of Jesus in us, through us, working in us. And when the Lord presents this, you can't deny it. So believe it. Can't deny it. So believe it. Can't deny it. So So instead of because I can't figure it out, but I can't deny it, I'm not going to go away. I'm going to go toward it. I won't figure it out going the other way. I'm going to go toward it. I'm I'm weirded out if someone asks me something about it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But you go toward it because that's where the power is. And you recognize it and you can't deny it. Throw that first verse up there from uh, the song, "Belief For It. Would you please? They say this mountain can't be moved. Huh? They say these chains never break. Huh? Anybody? Anybody been bound by chains that you thought there was no way they were breaking? And are they on you now? Hello, I thought I was at church. Anybody? Hello. Isn't it the truth? Chains. Chains that held me. They were chains. It doesn't matter what they were. I couldn't get this up. My hands couldn't rise. I was bound. They say these chains will never break. Here it is. Sing it. they don't know you like we do there is underline it underline it there's power in your name we've heard that there is no way through we've heard that there is no way through. we've heard the tide of this life will never change i'm a testimony to something different you see they haven't seen what you but they're seeing it now right? There is power, power. in your name. So much power. So, so much, much power. power.